we're back with another session with uh, our Colgan faculty members. Teacher feature, maybe, is what we're going to yeah, call it. Yeah, I, I like that uh, each week in the beginning, it's like seeing the house being built at the very beginning, and you're like, oh, I think I'm going to paint the walls this way. Right. Keep going with a new title. Love so it. this is Dr. Healy, principal. I'm Mr. Watts. And we have a special guest <laughs> with us today. We'll let her introduce herself. Hello, everybody. It's Mrs. Hull, one of the counselors at Colgan <coughs> High School. Happy to be here. So we're really excited to have you, Ms. Hull. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for asking me. Um, so, Ms. Hull, we're really, you know, doing some talking here, just kind of a little casual talk to help people get to know you a little bit better and some insights into you as a professional and, and uh, just more about you. All right. Cool. So let's start with this question. Why don't you, why do you look so nervous? Because I don't know what you're going to ask. <laughs> why don't we start with this? Why don't we start, tell, tell everyone um, a little bit about your professional journey uh, before coming to Colgan High School. Sure. Um, so if we take it back to high school, product of Princeton County, um, my dad retired here. So I went to Grand Park and graduated from Forest Park, actually a part of the first ninth grade full four years. Um, crew. And I was that kid who did not know what they wanted to do when they graduate. So it was, I applied to one school where it was going to community college. Um, one school. <laughs> one school. Uno. Um, and graduated from Longwood University. And then when it was about what am I deciding what to do after that, because I was a sociology major, I actually worked with a program my junior year called AVID, Advancement via Individual Determination. And I enjoyed working with students in that um, demographic. I enjoyed working in high school, but I knew I didn't want to be a teacher. And all the educators in my family are teachers. So um, with the sociology degree, I decided I want to be a counselor. And then I went to grad school, Lynchburg College, well, formerly known as Lynchburg College. And imagine my shock when they said you could not have anything lower than a C. Um, <laughs> because my first semester of Longwood, I had an F. So, and then I had a D one semester. So I've had every grade in the book. And um, it, that's really where I found my calling to be a school counselor. And I graduated 2012. And then it was actually a year after that, that I got a position in Stafford County at Brook Point High School. And I was there for Three and a half years before graduations, I actually came behind somebody who had retired after 40 years. And then um, I actually wanted to leave Stafford before 2016. And my husband was like, give it one more year and see how it goes. Then you'll have three years in Stafford. And surprisingly, I listened to him because <laughs> then Colgan was being built. And um, for those who don't know, I have a minor in music. And I was in choir all throughout Princeton County since seventh grade and sang in the drop. The jazz ensemble, concert choir, everything like that, went to governor school for voice my junior summer in high school. And so naturally working at a school here kind of bridges my love of music and counseling. So have been here since the inaugural year and have enjoyed it. All right. Thank you very much. I was going to I was wondering if you were going to bring up um, your affection towards music and singing and all that. So I'm glad you did. Yeah. Yeah. It just flowed, you know, it just went with it. That's <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I think counselors are in a really unique role, obviously at school and, and, uh, today probably more than ever, how critically important they are for the functionality of the school. As you, um, live that life every day here, what do you see as your, like as, as students look at you, the students in your caseload and they look to you, what, 
what do you hope that they see in you? What do you hope they get from you um, as an educator? My goal is always to just help them feel seen. I think a lot of times, even before the pandemic, you know, a lot of times we just kind of go around and it's like, how's your day? It's good. We're just so prone to say good or fine. And even I'll ask you to say, well, what does that mean? And usually it's like, oh, you're asking more questions. And then they'll tell me the truth. They're like, oh, it was horrible. Well, that's what I want to know. Um, and so my goal is always to make them feel seen um, and to be honest. You know, I try to be honest with my caseload that there's times I've had students come in and they're like, Miss Hall, I really need to talk. And I'll be honest and I'll say, I don't have the emotional ca capability or capacity to give you what you need today. Can you talk to someone else or can you wait till tomorrow? Mm -hmm. And we just take it from there. Um, because I also want them to know that while I am here for you, I'm also a human. And it, if I know that I don't have the emotional capability or the mental well-being to be all in with you, then I want to be honest with them. And so I just try to give them honesty. They get sarcasm and they get candy. <laughs> <laughs> So really, that's it, what they get in my it's, office. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, we were talking with another teacher here a couple of days ago, and she brought up her use of sarcasm in the classroom. And, and I, I said, because I, I can be sarcastic as well, but sometimes you hear from educators like, never use sarcasm mm -hmm. with kids, never use sarcasm. So just, uh, just a quick <laughs> tangent, talk about that a little bit, how you are able to skillfully use that in a positive way. Yeah, I, for every orientation that we have, ninth grade orientation, I let them know that I like sarcasm. And I always say, if you do not like sarcasm, tell me. I will not use it with you because everybody does not enjoy that. However, if you are one that likes to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the sarcasm, I'm your girl, okay? <laughs> because I've married into sarcasm. My family is sarcastic. And so it is a natural thing you have to fill out with students. And naturally every day, even those who love sarcasm, they're not going to come in wanting it every day. Um, I know, I, not 100%, but I feel like I have a good gra grasp on those students who I can do it with and those I can't. Yeah. And when you can and when you can't. Um, and I feel like my students have a good grasp with me as well. They know how far they can go with me. And they also know that, hey, funny once, one time it was good. It's not funny <laughs> twice, not funny three times. Um, you know, if they say, Miss Hole, can I get some candy? And I'm like, yeah. And they take my whole bunch. They know that I'm like, hello, hello, uh, hel bring it back. Or if I had a senior who said, Miss Hole, you've got dum-dums. And I said, girl, if you want to bring the candy in, come and bring it. And she's like, I will give you better candy. I said, and I will absolutely take it. My whole caseload will. So you just try to work with what you have in the middle, you know, that day, because not everybody's day is great and grand. And you just take it with what you can. And that's how I try to do with sarcasm. Yeah. I, I, I think the theme I see there between you and the other teacher was just so much about knowing, first of all, knowing which students it does just doesn't work with and you have to be aware of that mm -hmm. but also the rapport you have with kids sure. really allows you to figure that out and kids get comfortable with you right. and understand who you are so. yes they get comfortable but i let them know i'm not their friend <laughs> right so, absolutely so i make it clear like you know i got your back i can advocate for you we can laugh we can chuckle ha ha ha, ha woo 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 however <laughs> remember i am a full grown adult <laughs> full grown don't let that you guys think I'm in my 20s or I'm young. I'm very honored they think that. Um, but I'm full grown. I do not listen to the music they listen to. I always say, can, can you tell me the lyrics? And they'll be like, oh, yeah. I'm like, then we can't listen to it in my office. If you cannot <laughs> quote lyrics to me, it cannot be played in my office. Um, but, but that's the beauty of high school. I feel like as educators, when we work in a high school, you, you 
feel like you stay a little bit younger because you're around right. all of it. And you all as um, parents, I'm sure it's even a different aspect that you all have as a parent outlook. But I feel like working in a high school, it keeps you a little bit youthful because it keeps you you have to be engaged with what youth is going through in order to best support them. And if you don't, that's where the disconnect, I feel, starts to bridge the gap. Um, you brought up parents. Uh, so let's say that we have some parents listening. and, and uh, Shout out parents. They may be looking to you uh, with your wisdom and working uh, with their students. Like if you could give parents, I don't know, two or three words of advice about... I, I always call them rookie parents, especially mm -hmm. like the parents who this is their oldest, sure. their first child coming to high school. I the feel like the guinea pig. The that guinea was me. Pig, yeah. <laughs> they got to get they got to get used to it a little bit because there are sure. some things that can be a little shocking. Right? Absolutely. Uh, any any words of what, advice for those parents? Yeah. My advice that I typically give parents is to remember that you may have one or two children. That Those are your pride and joy. I will have 300 plus. And so naturally, I might not see everything or understand everything as you do coming from a different perspective. But the goal is always to work together. Your child is here seven hours of the day. And so for me, I, you know, take your child as my own. And so, oh, it's, just, it's the rally, everybody. We are getting ready for the football the game. The rally is happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's like my biggest advice is just to remember that you have one child and I have 300 plus that I have to look after. And that, that just means that I might need things from you that you might not expect. I might need you to check in with me and tell me what's going on because I can't, I'm not always going to see your student. It may mean you send the weekly emails to your teachers, students, teachers, because they can respond better to that than if you ask them, can, woo, woo, hey, yeah. <laughs> Energy rally is here, everybody. Um, and I always like to tell parents that um, while we are in a helping profession, popping up unexpectedly doesn't always solve the problem. Yeah. Right. Because we we hear work. I don't think any of us pop up to our doctor's office mm. um, automatically. We go to the emergency room. Yeah. Um, and again, usually, yes, you are in a crisis. There is a situation of why you're popping up or why you're coming in. But sometimes you have to wait. And we're not trying to be bad guy. We're not trying to push you off. We just got to, you know, we got to finish one situation to go into the next. And sometimes that takes our brain having to also change with what we're going into. Yeah. Um, I even had a parent <laughs> recently email me and the subject line said emergency. And I was like, oh, um, and it didn't say what the emergency was. And, and the t parent was like, can you call me? And I, and I was in an actual like senior meeting. I said, I can in a few minutes. Can you give me some insight on what the emergency is? And when I ended up calling her, it was that her child was in the bathroom because they felt like they had um, arm odor. Okay? okay. So naturally for that parent, it was an emergency. However, with that student situation, there had been prior <laughs> trauma previously before she came to high school. And so that's where my mind went. So then after we got everything situated and the student was better, I called the parent back and I said, hey, in the future, for, for me, that is not emergency. Yeah. Because my mind went somewhere else based on the child's trauma previous history yes and the parents said apologized and said I i'm so sorry i just wanted to make sure you could get aware and that you saw that i just needed you to call me so just talking through that with parents sometimes um and letting them know that um you know they can call the counseling office miss williams will answer the phone we can get their child involved with another counselor if we need to but 
we have 300 plus students and we don't always view things the same from a parent perspective. So just work with us. We're all here for the same reason. And then um, just some of the transitions of even from middle school to high school. You know, there's things that happen in the middle school setting that don't happen with the high school setting. And we talk to students about that, too. Like, what's the difference between your middle school counselor and high school counselor? Some of the things we do and don't do. Yeah. I. Um, there was a lot there. There was a lot. there. That was a lot. Um, and I was thinking, you know, as a parent, as you were describing that one specific situation, I think one of the challenges as a parent, especially your first kid. Sure. Um, is figuring out when to intervene and when not to intervene, right? Absolutely. And because part of high school is having the students become more independent, mm -hmm. and that's one of the goals, right? We hope our parents have the goal that we're trying to create independent sure. people um, that can function in society and be successful and be happy, prepared and inspired, if you will. <laughs> um, nice, nice. Thanks. Uh, how would you address that with a parent? Like, how do I know when to get involved? When do I leave my kid fend for themselves kind of that productive struggle and when do I get involved it's it's not our favorite phrase is case-by-case case situation right it's not the same for every student because you're gonna have some students who are naturally uh, resilient and advocate for themselves and so they're not gonna need quote-unquote the hand-holding or for the parents to check on them or for me necessarily and there's some who are because of life they're gonna need way more hand-holding than ever I like to tell parents and guardians all the time that my role as a school counselor is to help them with all aspects of life and one of those aspects is life skills so not necessarily moving them out of a class the moment they're feeling stressed right. we all deal with stress I tell my students all the time when they're like oh can I have a for example a teacher change and I'll say well talk me through what the concern is and then I'll say so when you have a boss I said and you're getting paid for that are you gonna do you think you'll naturally quit if you're getting a check and rephrasing it sometimes for them to think of a different outlook that everybody goes through stressors and that doesn't mean we can get a new boss or we can quit our job or we can get a new teacher automatically. And um, really taking the challenges that sometimes students can feel school brings and relating it to real life. Knowing that still brains don't fully develop till they're 25. Um, so there's some of that. And you know, I am definitely the one who will push a little bit with students. I'll say, so let's push a little, let's Go back to class. Let's try this. I gave you 10 minutes with me. I know you don't feel the best, but we don't always feel the best when we still got to go through and press through life. Um, so I just like to really push a little bit. Yeah. Um, because that was also me. I wasn't, I definitely, I had a sergeant major for a father and an educator. So they weren't the ones who were letting me out of everything. When I got that F in college, you know, the educator understood. The sergeant yeah. major did not. And, <laughs> um, you know, they, they didn't save me from a lot of things because they were like, that's life. And you got to press through and still make strategies and figure things out. So I'm grateful for that. And I know every student can't have that immediately. And so that's what our goal is in the counseling department is to really bridge the gap and really to work with the parents and guardians. So that way, when they are walking across the stage, you know, in four years that we feel like we've given our best for their well-being. Absolutely. And I, I totally get what you mean by the case-by-case -case basis. I think that's a common answer that I give as mm -hmm. well for a lot of things, you know, and um, uh, just trying to filter through the knee-jerk reaction where um, ki kids just don't want to deal with the um, frustration or the, the, the difficulty, right? 
but and this word has been thrown around a lot in the last couple of years, but just giving kids the grit mm -hmm. to be able to figure out how to handle controversy or when things don't go their way. Right. Um, and also remembering their brains have not fully developed. I, I think right. a lot of times we forget that um, because we are adults and because we have seen, for most of us, seen the better outcomes and have and have lived through certain things. Um, even with my niece, she um, just graduated in June. And, you know, going through the college process with her, it was like, girl, I done told <laughs> you this. But then remembering she is a 17, 18 yeah, year old yeah. who's never been through it. She is a first generation student. Um, and just which reminds me in counseling, it's a humbling experience because as educators, we're so used to, OK, this is what we're doing in this curriculum. And this is what we're doing at this point of the year. And I think we forget as a whole that we get a new bunch of students every year right. in, in different demographics, even with I'm sure all three of us can speak to just coming back in person mm -hmm. um, after a post pandemic. Well, we're really still going through it, but just the differences of that and how we've had to mitigate and how we've had to change things that we normally would do and think through. Does that make sense? Is that the best information we're giving people? Are they really getting it by using this avenue versus another? And so still, while we're trying to push students to be successful young adults, still remembering that they are still developmentally, you know, their brains have not developed and some are even further behind than others given their life circumstances. Um, before the time gets away from us, I, I, I do want to give you a chance for one of my favorite questions to ask um, uh -oh. faculty and staff. No, it's not uh-oh. Um, but if you think of yourself and you're like, gosh, this is something not a lot of people know about me, right? Not a lot of people know this aspect about my life or about me as a person. Um, so I'll give you an example Okay. One of the things I've shared on an earlier podcast with Mr. Watts is that I'm a, a below deck uh, Mediterranean, below deck sailing Bravo. yacht, Bravo. <laughs> ah, I love that. TV junkie. Like, I love that because I love anything to do with water. And, mm -hmm. you know, I like to go on cruises. Mm -hmm. and, and then just the reality part of the crew mm -hmm. arguing with each other and the, the dynamics. And then I love to watch the captains, whether it's. Yeah. Um, Captain Sandy or or uh, any of the captains, how they handle it with their leadership styles. I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by sure. that. And then I'm a closet cook as well, so I like to watch the stress the cook goes through. <laughs> so this is all the reasons I love these shows. Love it. Right? So I'm looking for something like that about you that not everybody would know about you. Um, I think one thing is, especially here professionally, I seem like a big extrovert. I am way more, once I leave these doors, way more chill, way more calmer. Um, I would almost say an introvert myself. Like I usually go home and nap every day because I'm exhausted. I am a homebody pre and during this pandemic, a homebody, um, <laughs> which a lot of people, when they see me outside of school, they're like, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Like my husband is very spontaneous, loves to do things. And sometimes I'm like, who really got to get my energy right to, to do those things. So I would think that's one thing. Um, I, too, am a reality love junkie. I There is something about watching reality TV and being grateful you're not in that foolishness right, right. and reminding myself that, thank you, that that is not my life. And yet here <laughs> I am watching it. Um, and I would probably just, fun fact, I've sang at every graduation I've been at. Mm. My high school graduation, I sang, um, my undergrad, my grad school, 
um, which I'm very honored to do. My parents are always grateful because they get better seats at the graduation. <laughs> so probably those would be fun facts or things people might not know about me. All right. Awesome. Well, again, we really thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you. I think you gave us some great insights in your role as a counselor and you as a person. So I really appreciate the time. I appreciate it. Looking forward to hearing the rest of them. <laughs> thank you.